October 30th, 2019. I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. And I am Broadway stars James Marino. Hi, James Marino. Thanks so much for jumping in for me last night. The world of freelancing is dark and deep, and apparently some places still make you do some last-minute writing tests. So, hence why I was off for yesterday's show. Oh, anytime. I'm always happy to uh, jump in and uh, say hello to everybody out yes, there. Indeed. And I know I... that the, the life of the freelancer, it, it's, it's cray-cray. <sighs> it is cray-cray. Unfortunately. Also, unfortunately, uh, I know before we get into today's show, you have a bit of news that you'd like to share. I do. Um, I wanted to share with uh, our listeners that if you have ever gotten over to Talking Broadway and the All That Chat message board, mm-hmm. uh, one of Mike Reynolds, who was one of the uh, three founders of Talking Broadway, passed away. Uh, and... Anne Miner, who is one of the other founders of Talk yeah. and Broadway, and, and uh, VJ have posted very nice notes on all that chat. And it would be wonderful if if you were a fan of Talk and Broadway and all that chat to get over to Talk and Broadway and uh, send your condolences to Anne and VJ and to everybody else in the Talk and Broadway family. Yeah, absolutely. So. Also, let the uh, listeners know that. Um, I guess it's it's only mere days away. Do oh. you know what's happening in mere days? Uh, November. I don't. Well, besides I don't, that, yeah. what? I don't know if we told you. On uh, November fourth, uh, Musical oh, Theater God. Radio is going to start streaming Broadway. Uh, oh, Broadway Radio's today on Broadway. Least. Yeah, love to go. Love to go from sad news to happy news. Yeah, so uh, on November 4th, you get over to Musical Theater Radio at between the 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. drive time. Love We'll be be able to listen to the current episode of Today on Broadway uh, and uh, check that out over there. And also, of course... Broadway Radio is being brought to you by Patreon. Yes, indeed. Uh, either uh, before November 4th or after November 4th. If you haven't already, you can head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Radio, where you can support us at one of our, what is it, five tiers and get the show earlier than non-patrons. You know, we would, of course, love you more than we already do, as Matt Tamanini likes to say. Exactly. And a reminder to our Patreon uh, supporters that uh, charges come on the first of the month. So if you want to support us before the first of the month, we'll get paid for November. But also people who have already pledged will. It's my favorite uh, thing. Yeah, exactly. All right. So first up in the news, Lear de Bessonnet to take over the artistic director of Encores at New York City Center. More good news. Yes, indeed, James. Yesterday it was announced that Lear de Bessonnet has been named the new artistic director of Encores at New York City Center. She will succeed Jack Viertel, who has been with the company since its founding in 1994 and who announced in July he would step down following the 2020 season. De Bessonnet most 
recently helmed the hit and in high demand public theater's public works presentation of Hercules this summer. James, I'm sure you're still bitter just hearing the show name. Oh, man. Today ticks. Hate that. <laughs> De Bessonet, of course, is no stranger to encores, having helmed 2017's Big River and Off Center's Pump Boys and Dinettes in 2014. She will also direct the final show of Viertel's Encore's run, an updated approach to thoroughly modern Millie with Ashley Park and with additional contributions by Lauren E. James, I'm a huge fan of the work De Bessonet has done so far in her career. It's hard to overstate how important this is. I think Encore's is probably a very, very difficult program to curate because of course you want to be able to revive shows that don't get a lot of love but also make sure you're bringing in crowds thoroughly modern millie is probably going to do that and with the best coming in i can't really think of a short run show with as much hype as public works hercules had around it so i'm sure she is going to do amazing work yeah, big fan. Uh, of course, I didn't get to see Hercules, but I heard really <laughs> wonderful things about it. We all it. heard really wonderful things about it as another person who didn't get to see it. Um, Millie, we all have our red flags up about Millie. We're looking For to sure. be imp- looking to be impressed here. Great cast. Uh, Lear de Bessonet couldn't get any better than that. Impress still, us, folks. Still, still a strange show yeah. to do, but it's not under. I mean, she's directing it, but it's not under her run. So yeah. we're gonna start getting shows that are in her run, hopefully uh, with a little bit more of a careful eye. I would say. I mean, it's uh, two seasons away because uh, he's uh, he's gonna curate. Jack, Jack Vertel is still gonna do the twenty twenty season, right? Right. So yeah, she's twenty twenty one. She's two years away. I'm sure she's gonna. We're gonna find her in the stacks at the uh, Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts Library. You know, and uh, so. going yeah. through going through lots and lots <laughs> of things to find the right the right bunch of shows to present to us. Looking forward to it. Well, James, we also had some good news coming out of Theater Row yesterday. Yeah, Theater Row is welcoming five new resident companies. Theater Row has officially welcomed the new residents of its kitchen sink residency. The Assembly, Broken Box Mime Theater, Lub Dub Theater Company, Noor Theater Company, Superhero Clubhouse will be the five inaugural residents of the new program, a biennial initiative that will see emerging performing arts companies develop world's premier productions over a two-year period at the multi-theater complex. I almost said multiplex because it's stuck in my head, but multi-theater <laughs> complex on 42nd Street. Kitchen Sink is co-run by Sarah Hughes, who's the new director of artistic programming at Theater Row, and Stephanie Rowland, the new Theater Row director of theater operations. In addition to two-year commitments of space and support, Kitchen Sink offers its five companies a home base as they create and present new, never-before-produced work. Companies will have the opportunity to prevent present work in progress in front of not an audience. Prevent work. <laughs> yes. Please there don't are, prevent work. There are other companies out there that prevent work. It's yeah, true, but we, we don't like names. them. Yeah. <laughs> Eight witches with three triangles. <laughs> 
stop. Anyway, so companies will have the opportunity to present the work in progress in front of an audience, followed by a festival showcase presentation and a cumulative world premiere run co-produced by Theatre Row. This Love is a this. really, really great thing. I agree. Absolutely. I mean, we've talked when Hughes was hired about, you know, looking forward to what she'll do at Theatre Row. And this is already an amazing start. I think we're at a point, well, we've been at a point, but we're certainly at a point now where theaters are going to have to adapt or die to keep the rent paid. And we've talked about that a lot on Broadway as far as having these limited run residencies and solo shows. Resource pooling and sharing, especially for off-Broadway theaters, is certainly one of the best ways to adapt. Yes, I'm in total agreement with that, and we're looking forward to these as well. Next up, we have Seared opening at MCC's Theater. Yes, moving on to some show news, James. MCC's production of Seared by Teresa Rebeck has once again extended. The off-Broadway limited engagement will now play through December 15th, following its initial extension of December 1st. This comes after the show's official opening on October 28th, this past Monday, directed by Moritz von Stupnagel, Matt's favorite name, and I feel guilty being the one who gets to say it tonight. Seared features a cast made up of four-time Tony nominee Raul Esparza, W. Trey Davis, Krista Rodriguez, and David Mason. So, of course, now that we're on the other side of its opening, and it's also our biggest show opening of the week in New York, I think, definitely want to go over some of those reviews, starting with Elizabeth Vincentelli at the New York Times, who writes, Rebeck has often considered the tensions generated by art-making, ambition, and money, whether it was the maneuvers of aspiring writers and their mentor mentor and seminar, a stage manager's attempt to wrangle high-maintenance actors in the understudy, or the creation of a Broadway musical in the television series Smash. Harry, played by Esparza himself, is not so different from the Sarah Bernhardt of the 2018 Broadway play Bernhardt Hamlet, both chafing against expectations and fueled by exalted chaos of their own making. But people's self-dramatizing behavior does not necessarily make them interesting. And for the most part, everybody in Seared motors motors forward on a straight track. You get a pretty clear idea of who they are very early on, and they behave accordingly the whole way through. Helen Shaw at Vulture continues... Despite that classic Rebecca Tang, a readiness to rise to insults and to have arguments that turn suddenly into airy pronouncements about reality, Seared is actually quite a modest effort, content to be a forgettable little treat. It's repetitive and a tad empty, but what's the harm? Some people have arguments, farce breaks out, someone tells a man that he's got an overblown sense of his own genius. Bake that thing for 120 minutes and it'll work for a lot of people's tastes. And finally, Frank Sheck at The Hollywood Reporter writes, Seared is not without its flaws, to be sure. The play lives up to its title by rarely getting more than surface deep. The characterizations are shallow at best, particularly the ambitious Emily who borders on stereotype and whose motivations remain oblique. 
The show could easily be cut by a half hour becoming repetitive in Act 2 as its characters too often engage in lengthy circular shouting matches. But the play remains very entertaining anyway, thanks to Rebeck's talent for fast and funny profane dialogue. We'll have the full reviews and review roundup for you in today's show notes, but these are pretty interesting (laughs) reviews, James. A lot of the complaint I've seen is that it's more of the same from Rebeck, which isn't really an insult and isn't really a compliment. She has a very specific language and style, of course, as Shrek calls, uh, Shrek calls it, not Heidi Shrek, but Frank Shrek calls it fast and funny, profane dialogue. Um kind of like Sorkinese to me, I guess, that we, I think we in the theater world talk about Teresa Rebeck the same way a lot of people talk about Aaron Sorkin. And I fall into the center of this very weird Venn diagram here of food and theater. So, I mean, that was already top of my list to see, but there's something in these reviews I can't really make out. And that's, I know Rebeck had a chef consultant for this. I can't really tell us some of the criticisms as far as character, characterization, especially Asparza's character in particular, is having to do with authenticity. Like, do the characterization problems come from the character being unlikable because he's a chef? And I say that very lovingly or because the character isn't well-written. So I'm very interested to see it from both an authenticity standpoint and a dramatization standpoint. Too often engaged in lengthy circular shouting matches. It sounds like holiday season. It's a holiday show, isn't it? (laughs) It sounds like a a lot of shows. It sounds like (laughs) a lot of uh, podcasts, too. (laughs) It's funny because I keep on seeing this uh, this, uh, ad all over the place with Raul Esparza dressed up as a chef and at the chopping block and things Mm -hmm. like that. And and I keep on thinking to myself, hey... uh, I, I think it's a food commercial for, you know, one of the food delivery services. <laughs> and, and I'm like, is that it's a Raul Sparza? It's the new isn't, seamless <laughs> ad. Yes, exactly. Seamless like I didn't coming spend, right to you. It, like I didn't spend enough money on Seamless. Now they're going to put Raul Sparza in their ads? Oh, if, they, if Raul Sparza was doing Seamless, I think they'd sell a lot of tickets. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think everybody everybody be ordering up a roll. You know? <laughs> that's, that's a way to put it. Yeah, I have, exactly. I have nothing to add that can be aired. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we have in other news then? <laughs> well, let's run quickly through some other news items, James. First up, the West End production of The Man in the White Suit announced yesterday it will end its run earlier than expected. Mm-hmm. The comedy, which stars Stephen Mangan and Karen Twainton was scheduled to play at the Wyndham Theater through January 11th, 2020, but will now end on December 7th, citing low sales. The play opened at the Wyndham on October 8th after a three-week run at Theater Royal Bath. From London back to the city, where in Astoria, Queens, Tony winner Katie Huffman will start in the New York premiere of Marguerite, a new solo musical. The musical, which features a book and lyrics by Anton Dudley and music by Michael Cooper, will open the Astoria Performing Arts Center's 2019-2020 season. APAC artistic director Dev Bondarin will direct the show, which traces the life of Marguerite Bourgeois? Bourgeois? 
know this. I should know this. Uh, you know, having spoken French in a previous life, uh, the first female saint of Canada who helped her bring li- liberated women to Canada to build the city of Montreal. The show will play at the Church of the Redeemer on November eighth through the twenty third. Tickets can be purchased at apacny.org. And last up, the Kathleen Marshall is currently developing a musical adaptation of The Scarlet Letter with a modern spin. Shame, which is stylized with the A being the only capital letter, will reportedly connect the story to current times and the resonance of the Me Too movement. The Sung Through musical is being developed by Art Lab with Marshall at the helm and... Film composer Mark Governor writing. I do not have a clue what to do with this, James. I read the bare basics about it and thought, oh, this could be cool. And a film composer, a male film composer, writing a sung-through musical about the residents of, residents of the Me Too movement. It's, it's a choice. I'm hoping that he is taking direction and not taking the lead. Well, you would hope so. I complete a completely sung through musical. There's not really a lot of wiggle room because you're not you don't have a second collaborator really as far as writing. So I do hope, as you said, Kathleen Marshall is stepping in a little bit as both director, collaborator, consultant. <laughs> Now I I know very very little about uh, uh, about the world of film, mm. but um, this this Mark Governor person is he big in film? Do you know? Not that I know, I and mean, I wouldn't rank him like Hans Zimmer. But uh, let's see. All right. Oh, he's uh, <laughs> Google has him as. Uh, Such uh, great movies as Beach Balls, uh, Pet Cemetery 2, uh, Uncle Sam, and Man with Stones. Okay, okay. uh, I mean, I'm not going to... It's it's hard out there for a film orchestrator, so I'm not going to (laughs) say the quality of projects, but... This is a. I'm. I'm just gonna say this is a weird choice all the way around. If depending on what happens with this. Yeah. Well, why don't we hold on one second? I'm gonna send you through our Skype chat here uh, a link to Beach Balls, and you tell me if this is a good choice for. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Once All right. again, once again, I have no further thoughts. All right. Beach ball summary <laughs> is Charlie Harrison dreams of being a rock star, and with the help of friends and a gang of local toughs, he arranges a concert in his house for a big rhyme record we producer. We just don't uh, have any female writers. It's impossible. <laughs> Who could possibly write a sung through musical about women? It has to be a man. Two words. Georgia Stitt. Mmm. Those are two good words. (laughs) You know, musical directed by Kimberly Grigsby. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. I mean, stage... I I just 
keep, keep two, going. Two words, hire women. Yes, exactly. <sighs> what, what's that guy's name? Ben, ben, Benedict Cumberbatch? Cum- yeah. <laughs> What's his, what's his name? What's his name? He, he what, I think that he's uh, he he put it out there. He's like uh, he's like um, everybody's got to be hired for. You have to hire women, and you have to hire them at the same rate you hire everybody else. Oh, did he say that? Yeah, oh, I think that well, was. I, think I didn't was trust. That. I trust him then. Yeah, yeah. That's a good start. It's a good start. And then consider hiring more women than you hire. <laughs> More. We more, we more, have more. we we have time to make up. Exactly. All right, Ashley, why don't you get us out of here? All right, James. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And again, head over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio to especially support us before November first and then again before November fourth when we get some uh some big people coming on in here. You can find find me on Twitter and Instagram at KnowThisIsAshley. James Marino, do your thing. Alrighty, my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Wednesday with us, unless you're a Patreon listener, then your Tuesday it's night. Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday night. Uh, don't forget, uh, beginning March uh, March 4th, beginning November oh, 4th, we'll be over at Musical Theater Radio uh, at 8 a.m., so check us out Monday through Friday for today on Broadway uh, Musical Theater Radio as well. And uh, I think, Ashley, you and I are back tomorrow? I believe so, yeah. All right, we'll talk to you then. 